worshiping Satan at the Grammys? Also, Jesus warned of false prophets, wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and that these things would foreshadow His second coming. These prophecies, along with many others, prove conclusively the Lord's return is very near. And we'll analyze these events and prophecies and the current fulfillment of those events on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Wow, I'm going to start off with a bang today, so here we go. Let me read you a passage of Scripture, and then we'll talk about the Grammys. Revelation 13, 1 through 8. John said, Then I stood upon the sand of the sea. I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Uh, and upon his... Uh, Ten horns and um, of his horns ten crowns, and then his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, feet as the feet of the bear, mouth as the mouth of the lion, and the dragon or Satan gave him his power, throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were uh, wounded, had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed after the beast. Listen closely. So they worshipped the dragon or Satan who gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying, Who is like to the beast and who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. It's going to be a world-governing body. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the land slain from the foundation of the world. Wow, what a mouthful. This is describing a passage that John was given a vision of, of a world governing body, modern nations federalized into one big world government, and the ruler of that world government, the Antichrist, but also the spiritual entity that gives it its seat, power, and great authority, which is the dragon or Satan himself. And the Bible says, in the end time, during this era of this world governing body, that people would worship Satan. Satan has always endeavored to get people to worship him. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 5, And the devil, taking Jesus up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He was showing him the world government that he could be a part of that he could own and run. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give to you, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and I give it to whomsoever I will. 
Satan is having a conversation with Jesus. He's tempting him. See all these kingdoms? I can make you ruler of all of it. It's mine to give. And it but, the Bible in Luke 4, 7, If thou wilt but worship me, all shall be thine. I'll give you everything, but all you have to do, Jesus, is worship me. And of course, Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord God, thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So, today, do you think Satan has changed his goals, his aspirations, his dreams? Absolutely not. Satan's goal is for you and me and every person on the earth to worship him and not Jesus Christ. The goal is still the same in all of this. We could talk about world government, world religion, the mark of the beast. We could talk about the peace agreements and all this other. But when you peel all the layers of this onion away and you say, okay, what's the core of this thing? What is really going on here? What's this spiritual battle all about? It's Satan's effort to get you to worship him and not God. But the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Him only shalt thou serve. So, in the end time, Satan's goal is for you to worship him. That is why, and, and what he's trying to do through Hollywood and all these other ways is to desensitize your worship of Satan so it will become almost normal. Well, I mean, it's okay for me to... to um, do bad things and to watch bad things because it's almost kind of normal in society, right? But no, no. When we align our lives up with the Word of God, we've got to walk away from that stuff. So, I didn't know that any of this uh, bad programming had went on over the weekend. I was doing a prophecy conference up in Justin, Texas this weekend. We had a great prophecy conference up there. But I never watched this kind of junk anyway. But the Washington Examiner posted an article, and I've seen many, many articles on this, that there were some people out in the, that had the Grammy Awards out in Hollywood, and that I think these are, now I think these may be transgenders, I'm not sure. Maybe it's a guy calling himself a woman and a woman calling himself a guy, I'm not sure. But there's a guy named Sam Smith and a woman, I believe it's a woman, named Kim Petrus, who they say, and I'm reading from the article here, they stole the show yesterday at the 65th Annual Grammy Awards with a performance of viewers are calling demonic and a tribute to Satan. Now, hopefully you guys did not watch this. Hopefully you've read about it in the news this morning. Because there's no way I would watch something like this and support this and advocate for these individuals and be happy and clap for them that they won some type of a Grammy and that they were the number one uh, show and that they, it's, they're saying they stole the show. They were the number one act at the Grammys. But a lot of people are saying that it was a tribute to Satan. What's really going on here? Is it just a, a passing fad that people would watch and praise and glorify thereby worshiping 
this type of a satanic act and clap and applaud and say, yes, we do approve of that. What really went on at the Grammys? Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit because Satan's goal today is exactly what it was back when he tried to, when he uh, manipulated and deceived Adam and Eve, and when he tried to tempt Jesus to get him to worship him, he's tr his, his methods have never changed, folks. His goal is to get you and me to worship him as well. And one of his main platforms is Hollywood, and he's pushing these agendas. And we're going to talk about it a little bit before we get off into some more prophecy. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 in time. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. You know, everybody, this is a very important topic because the Bible says most of the world will wonder after this world governing body, worship the Antichrist and worship the being that is the principal driver behind the world government in the end time and that's going to be Satan himself. Now I know that sounds far-fetched to, to many of us listening to this program today. However, there are people in the world today that are totally advocating for and promoting and it's becoming normal to worship this being of Satan. You say, well, they only had little red horns pointing out of their hat and they were, you know, it was just an act. No, no. People are glorifying this act. The, the, the characters here, the singers, I, I think that you would call them singers, Smith and Petrus. The article said that they went on to take home the award for best pop duo or group performance 
they took to the stage to perform a song called, now get this, the song is called Unholy. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, the last thing I would want to be characterized by is unholy, especially at the time of the rapture. But they performed a song called Unholy, and they're being praised by Hollywood and these other people that attended the Grammy as this award-winning performance. It, they say it stole the show. And they say it was wreathed in, a, in red amid fire and red lights, seemingly like a hell-type situation. And the 30-year-old Smith wore a horned hat, a dog collar, while his dancers used props that had illusions of BDSM themes. I'll let you look that up at another time, according to a report. But this song, the, the song they sang called Unholy, it has many sexual themes and name drops. Balenciaga, which was a, if you remember what that was all about, it was a, a fashion house continuing uh, to face backlash over a controversial ad campaign that featured young children and BDSM props with them. Balenciaga, you've heard about that. If you haven't, look it up and understand what's going on. They actually say Balenciaga, Balenciaga in this song called Unholy. But folks, listen to me. This kind of thing is called, is being celebrated in the news today. Celebrated by Hollywood. Celebrated by a lot of these people that attended the Grammys. They applauded this act. People are becoming desensitized to Satan and the evil spirits in this world that are pushing agendas and trying to get people to bow down to them. The Bible talks about this, Romans 1, chapter, uh, verses 21 through 25. The Bible says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their own thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools." and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed things and creeping things like just the creation. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator. You don't ever want to worship anything that you can see. I'm worshiping God who is a spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Nothing that I can see am I going to worship. But the Bible says there will be people that will worship the creature more than the Creator. That's something you absolutely can never do, folks. But there are a lot of people that do that. And so I wanted to kind of talk about this today because it's a very real thing that's going on in our world. There's a spiritual battle for the family, for our culture, for our children, the minds of our children coming up. Hopefully you didn't let your children watch the Grammys with this demonic, horrible act called unholy 
that went on. That, what a travesty that would be to let a young child's mind to suck that up like a sponge, watching these people applaud that. You say, wow, Dave, you're kind of getting preachy. I think that a lot of churches don't talk about this kind of stuff enough. And that somebody needs to talk. Because the Bible, this is prophecy. The Bible says it's going to be like this in the end times. The worship of Satan will become common. And, and if you're against it, you'll be the one that is kind of ostracized. Most of the news today is pro what happened, not anti. There are some uh, news sources that are anti, the more conservative news sources that are anti what happened. But a lot of them are praising this and just advocating for what happened at this and these, uh, these alternative lifestyles that these people live and talking about Balenciaga, which is, you know, uh, not so nice of a thing. I'll let you look that up, the, some of the things that are going on with that. And just these underlying uh, messages of um, using children and not-so-nice scenarios and just horrible stuff. We don't, as a Christian, I don't want to see that become normal in our society. I'm trying to get people to heaven. I'm teaching the Word of God. I'm teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, trying to influence people to say, hey, whoa, 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 you know, there's a roadblock, roadblock. There's a cliff up ahead. Don't go down that path. I'm trying to point you towards God. Get your mind upon the one true God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord of God is one Lord. Him only shalt thou serve. Because Satan would love to throw so much stuff at you to get you to veer off the path. I'm not letting Hollywood set my moral compass. I'm not letting the news media or the government or all of these things that are pulling for my attention. I'm going to keep my attention on the Word of God. That's where we're at. This is our roadmap on how to get to heaven, folks. So I just wanted to bring that up today because... People, I, I read where people are just worshiping this and saying, oh, what a great act. The, the, the articles are saying that they stole the show with this satanic, unholy song. They stole the show. Think about that. And so, something I certainly don't want to be a part of and I don't want to advocate for, I would never allow myself to watch that, my family, my grandchildren, no way, I would, we, we wouldn't even consider watching that kind of trash. Because I'm not going to let my mind go in that direction. I won't even read books on Satanism and uh, any of that kind of stuff. And so because I'm not even going to let my mind even consider going that way. I'm not going to put it in my mind to even dwell on that. Because I'm never going to worship any creation. I'm worshiping the Creator and there's only one. Thankful for the truth of the Word of God, aren't you? The Bible says, you shall know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so, wow, especially in the times that we're in right now, folks, we've got to make sure that we are focused in on the Word of God. I've put that Word of God in me so nothing can take that out. And the Bible says that in the end time when we're raptured, that we will put on a robe of righteousness. We have, we have, we have been, righteousness has been imputed to us, those that have been born again and that are true Christians. 
So there, the unrighteousness is the opposite of righteousness. They sung a song called Unholy. There's no way I'd be involved in something like that. So I know that I'm getting a little preachy here, but uh, sometimes we need it. We need something to focus us right back in on what's really going on here. Satan's trying to get you to worship him. That's why there are television shows about um, uh, uh, Lucifer. I know there was a show out of, I don't even know, it was a couple years ago called Lucifer where they were trying to make Lucifer out to be a good guy. The real Lucifer is absolutely not a good guy. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family, our culture, our society, our churches. He's not going to be able to because the church is very strong and powerful and vibrant in the earth today. Satan's been trying to kill it for 2,000 years. He has not been able to and he's never going to be able to. But he's not going to stop trying. So, wow, Hollywood, what in the world is going on out there? Okay, let's go on. Let's get in a little more prophecy here. Matthew 24, 3 through 8. I wanted to go through this today because I was going through so many articles. I mean, I, I went through hundreds of articles today. But they set Jesus down. The Bible says, um, Now as they sat down on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Jesus privately and they said, Jesus, tell us, when will, be, when will these things be? What's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? We're talking about the soon return of the Lord. I wanted to prove to you that we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I know a lot of people have said that over the years, but there's so many ways that we can prove that. What did Jesus say back to them? Jesus, tell us, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? What are the events that will lead up to to let us know you are just about to split the clouds wide open and come and get us? Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name. Many will come and say, Hey, I'm a Christian. They, the Bible says that he, Jesus said, Many will come saying, I am I'm the Christ, and, but they will be deceiving many. Now, if you can't tell by now, I'm going through the, King the New King James Version through some of this today. But he, Jesus was saying, there will be many people that come in my name, but they're going to be deceiving many. Think about that. There will be people that claim to be a Christian, but are deceiving people with their messages. Now, have you thought about that? You ever read that in the Bible? And Jesus said, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. You're going to see these things, but it's not here yet. Nation's going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be famines, pestilences, or pandemics, synonymous term, earthquakes in, in uh, diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Now, first thing Jesus warned about, false religion. Take heed that no man deceives you. Many are going to come in my name saying, I am Christ and deceive many. So the Bible does prophesy the establishment of a global religious system in the end time. More than just here in Matthew 24, Revelation 13, Revelation 17 and 18. According to Scripture, the leader of this horribly deceitful organization is going to have two objectives. Number one, unite the world's religions under one belief system of tolerance. Now let's just, don't worry about the doctrinal differences and all the differences in all the religions. 
Let's just sweep all that under the rug and let's just get all along in the name of tolerance. Number two, the individual who's over this, the false prophet, is going to use his, uh, let's say, a pious position to influence all adherents to align with and pledge allegiance to the prophesied end-time world government. That's going to be the goal. Because remember, all the world will wonder after and worship the Antichrist and his world governing system, and thereby worshiping the dragon or Satan. Well, of course, recent events have confirmed what we who, um, all of us in, on this program, who understand and systematically analyze Bible prophecy have known for years. The world religion is in the latter stages of its formation and the world's most recognized religious leader, I should say leaders plural, there, there will be one before it's all over with, but these religious leaders that are forming these big interfaith movements and ecumenical movements, they're beseeching the world to commit and adhere to the global governing efforts of the United Nations, which is the seat of world government in the earth today. How are they doing this? Well, the, this year, the Parliament of World's Religions will meet in, I believe it's Chicago, if I read that correctly. I'm trying to go back to my articles. I believe they're meeting in Chicago. And they're, they're on the Parliament of World's Religions website, it states the global ethic, a global belief system, but they've actually got a document that was put together by Hans Kuhn uh, years ago, he's now passed on, but they still hold to this global ethic, this global belief system. They say this global belief system is a landmark declaration of the Parliament of World's Religions, stating the universal values and principles shared by the world's religions, spiritual and cultural traditions. So, what does the global ethic say? Well, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to point out a few things here. It says, number one, there already exist ancient guidelines for human behavior which are found in the teachings of the religions of the world and which are the condition for a sustainable world order. Stop the presses. Did you hear what I just said? There's guidelines in all of the world's religions that set the stage for they, this uh, one overall theme that sets the stage for a sustainable world order. We can work with the belief systems of these religions. They're all looking to something in the time of crisis. Well, that's setting the stage for a sustainable world order. It talks about this in the Parliament of World's Religions advocating for a world government, a sustainable world order. This is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen in Revelation 13. So current events that are going on right now are letting us know we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ part two, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools available for $299 will deepen your biblical understanding don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. 
Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. As we're, going, as we're going through this global ethic that's on the Parliament of World's Religions. Now, remember, Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceives you. Many are going to come in my name and be deceiving many. There are quote-unquote Christians at the helm of this. And, you know, we've got many lessons on why I call them quote-unquote Christians because they're not really Christians. Jesus said, they will come in my name, but they'll be deceiving many. If you're trying to get Christian people to walk away from some of the belief systems in this Bible that separates us from all the other religions on the world and say, well, we don't really need to pay attention to those. Let's just all get along in the name of tolerance. Let's just tolerate the individuals that believe in thousands of gods. Let's all tolerate that and just get along. I can't do that as a Christian. I'll love them. I'll help them out any way I can. But in doing so, at some point, I've got to tell them, you know what? You want to make it to heaven? There's only one way to do that. Now, that is a very unpopular stance in our world today. These world religions are pulling away from that. Somebody who would take a stand on the Word of God. We can't do that. Listen at this global ethic that, that they've got at the Parliament of World's Religions. They actually say in there, we must sink our narrow differences for the cause of the world community, this world government, practicing a culture of solidarity and relatedness. Sink our narrow differences. Whether you believe in Deuteronomy 6.4, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, there's only one God, or I can worship thousands of gods and we'll be all right. Narrow differences? Was Jesus God or was He not? Was Jesus crucified, died, buried, raised again for my, my salvation or was He not? Narrow differences? Can you worship Satan and go to heaven? Narrow differences? Can I, can I live and practice uh, the Wiccan, uh, which is witches, warlocks, Zoroastrians, can I do that and make it to be into eternity with the Lord? Narrow differences? But this is what the Parliament of World's Religions, they glorify this global ethic. 
And it says, we need to, let's just sink all of our narrow differences. The belief in one God and a thousand gods, to me, that's a lot bigger than the Grand Canyon difference. But this is what's being promoted in these world, these um, international uh, interfaith movements. And there are Christians that are working at the helm of this, to push this. Now, Jesus said there will be people that will become in my name. Take heed that no man deceives you. Also, it says, there's a third point I want to make about this global ethic. Principle number one, no new global order without a new global ethic, a new belief system. We've got to change the belief systems of our religions to get them all in lockstep for the cause of the global order. Number four, we, we all have a responsibility for a better global order. This is the, supposedly one of the world religion bodies, but what are they pushing for? What's the goal? World government. And number five, today they say, and I'm quoting from these, today we possess sufficient economic, cultural, and spiritual resources to introduce a better global order. But old and new ethnic, uh, national, social, economic, and religious tensions threaten the peaceful building of a better world. So, all of you religions that say you're exclusive and you only have the right way to heaven, can't, we can't pay no attention to that. We've got to move away from that. We've got to get it so everybody's under a global ethic, a global belief system. So, when the, Jesus said, uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That is shunned by this interfaith movement and these ecumenical movements and different things that are all going into this one world religion. The, these are diametrically opposed to the Word of God. Okay? But there are those that are claiming to be Christian that are at the helm of some of those interfaith movements. Now, you see the gravity of this situation. Jesus prophesied about this in Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse. Now, another thing, world religion, the Abrahamic family house. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? Wow, the Abrahamic family house. The Abraham, the father of the physical people of God on the earth, the father of the Jews, the father of the spiritual people of God on the earth, the church... So, if it's the Abrahamic family house, it's got to be of God, right? Well, no, it's not. The Abrahamic family house, it consists of a mosque, a church, and a synagogue, and an educational center that's being built in Sadiat Island, the cultural heart of Abu Dhabi, down in the United Arab Emirates, and they claim that it will capture the values shared between Judaism, Christianity, and Islam who does not believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, nor, that, nor was Jesus Christ God manifest in the flesh. They do not believe that. And that this uh, Abrahamic family house will serve as a powerful platform for inspiring and nurturing understanding and acceptance between people of goodwill. Well, I, I liked that, but I can't throw the Bible in the trash to align up with that. Can't do that. If this thing is not based on biblical truths, I can't be a part of it. I don't dislike anybody that's going that direction. But I tell you what, I'm going to pro try to proselytize and win as many of them as I can on the truth. But you can see, just listening to me today, you can see how unpopular this belief can get in the culture of this world religion 
that's being established. Well, you're against um, tolerance and you're against uh, this, this global belief system that's, at, that's gathering everybody together in the name of peace? You're against that? No, I'm not against it. I'm absolutely for everybody being peaceful and get along and have one big human family. But it's got to be based on the truth. If it's based on the truth, hallelujah, I'm in. But if we're moving off of biblical foundational principles, I'm sorry, I can't be a part of that. It's not that I don't like y'all, but it's simply that I got I to gotta be stuck on the Word of God. I'm super glued to that. Actually, more than that. So, according to this Abrahamic Family House website, it's the Abrahamic Family House. These big buildings are currently under construction, and the, the project is anticipated. Uh, the completion date is this year. And it's going to be one of these several undertakings of the higher committee on human fraternity that they will advise upon. So the, the vision for the Abrahamic family house originated after the signing of the document of human fraternity by Pope Francis and the grand imam Ahmed Al-Taib back in, oh man, when was that? February of 2019. What happened? Well, on February 4th of 2019... The Grand Imam uh, Ahmed Al-Taib, considered to be one of the most important Imams in Sunni Islam, and Pope Francis, who claims to be the head of the quote-unquote Christian world, arrived in Abu Dhabi hand-in-hand. In a symbol of interfaith brotherhood, Pope Francis and the Grand Imam signed a historic document called the Document on Human Fraternity for World Peace and Living Together. Now, if you understand how far apart the Islamic belief is and the Christian belief, it is miles. Uh, it's more than miles. It's an eternity apart. My salvation is based on the fact that Jesus Christ, my belief in that, that Jesus Christ came, God manifest in the flesh, came and died, was buried, three days later rose from the dead, and purchased a plan of salvation for me, taking me out from under the law of sin and death, which the human race was under since Adam and Eve. Jesus Christ took us out from under that at Calvary, if you're born again, and allows me an opportunity to be saved and to spend eternity with Him. So for me to move off of that belief system and obeying that gospel of the kingdom of God, I simply cannot do that, folks. So, but there are other religions that say that absolutely did not happen. Jesus Christ wasn't God. He didn't die on the cross. He didn't raise again. Right on down the line. That's the essence of the Christian belief system. So, the text of this document that they signed actually states this. This is a document that invites all persons who have faith in God and faith in human fraternity to unite and work together so that it may serve as a guide for future generations to advance a culture of mutual respect in the awareness of the great divine grace that makes all human beings brothers and sisters. Man, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? I mean, hey, we all want to be a part of that. Not if it moves us off of the Word of God to do that. The meeting uh, and the document was viewed by many when they signed it in 2019 
as hey, two religious leaders. This is what this is how the news portrayed it back in the back in the day. Uh, what was it um, four or five years ago now? They just saw it as two religious leaders that unite were uniting their followers in a call for peace. However, for those of us who understand Bible prophecy, it was much more than that. Remember the call of the Parliament of World's Religions that I read you from the Global Ethic. We must sink our narrow differences for the cause of the world community. Well, then I want you to consider two statements in the document. Number one, it says, and I'm quoting, the pluralism uh, and the diversity of religions are willed by God. The pluralisms of religions are willed by God. Ho, 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 hold on a second. Again, Jesus said, I'm the, the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So, anybody that tries to get to heaven without going through Jesus Christ and what He did on Calvary, it's not going to work. But according to this document that was signed, the pluralism of religions is willed by God. In other words, there's more than one way to heaven. That's what they're saying, folks. That they're, all, that they're willed by God. They are not willed by God. Okay? Number two, therefore the fact that, and I'm quoting again, therefore the fact that people are forced to adhere to a certain religion or culture must be rejected. So me teaching my kids and grandkids, hey, we've got to align our lives up with this, uh, the, most, the best selling book of all time, the Bible. You need to be a part of this to go to heaven. This document says that culture has to be rejected. You can't do that. So you see how becoming a true Christian becomes very unpopular in the world of interfaithism and this world religion that's being established. Now, I read through the global ethic right before I come on the program, and they actually say, hey, this global ethic is not about becoming a world religious system. Well, what is it all about if it's not that? When, normally when they say, that's not what this is, guess what folks, that's exactly what it is. And so, we've got to stick by the Word of God. I've got to, I've got to ingest this book in my soul, in my very fiber of my being, because I can't let anything ever take me away from the Word of God and the principles and the doctrines that are laid out by Jesus Christ and His apostles. So. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do this at end time, and hopefully you guys are along with us for the ride. We're going to teach the truth no matter what. God bless each and every one of you, because it's going to get fun before this thing's over with, right? And I love every minute of it. I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider 
partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. All right, everybody. Jesus warned us about it. False religion in the end time. He actually warned us many times in Matthew chapter 24. But then he goes on to warn us about, he said, hey, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars just prior to my second coming. Nation's going to rise against nation, kingdom against na a kingdom. Boy, have we seen that, right? You say, well, Dave, we've seen false religions throughout time. And we've seen uh, wars and rumors of wars throughout time. That's absolutely correct. Jesus said you would see these things, but the end is not nigh. But the end is not yet. But we're seeing these things right now, right? Business Insider said, hey, five places the World War III could start in 2023. It talked about Ukraine and Russia, China, Taiwan, Greece, Turkey, the Korean Peninsula, China, India, Israel, the United States, and Iran. According to the Council on Foreign Relations, global conflict tracker. There are 27 major or potentially major conflicts globally as we speak. Jesus said you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Boy are we seeing that. Now when we talk, and Jesus went on, I'm going to continue on because i got a lot of these to go through. When we talk about famines Jesus said you're going to see famines in the end time. Well, the DACA Tribune, they posted an article, Are We Staring at a Potential Global Famine in 2023? The year 2023 is going to be remembered for a global famine, the article says. According to the World Food Program, there are 282 million people facing extreme food insecurity at the end of 2021. At the end of 2022, there were 345 million 50 million people might face starvation at the start of 2023 if the current trajectory uh, was followed. And as governments continue to struggle with slow economic growth, uh, growth with the after effects of COVID-19. According to um, Secretary General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, the world may soon experience a scarcity of food because of a rise in the price of food. The production of nitrogen fertilizer has significantly decreased as a result of harsh restrictions placed on natural gas exports from Russia, which is a critical component of the global food production, productivity among farmers as well as crop replacements, and fertilizer usage have all been considerable drops in recent years. The thing is, everybody, all of this could stop if the governments would get their hands out of everything and just let the people of this world produce, we could feed the world many, many times over. We've got the ability to do that. But governments keep their hands in everything and it screws everything up. We've got to put this restriction on one and this sanction on the, and we've got to stop these guys from doing this. We get our hands involved in businesses and farmers and fertilizer. Governments, stop. Let the American people feed the world. We could. But governments have to get involved, right? Jesus said you'll see famines in the end time. He also said pestilences or pandemics. 
The BBC posted an article. Uh, I read it. It was called uh, COVID-19, the history of pandemics. Think about this. The article stated that COVID-19 marks the return of a very old and familiar enemy. Throughout history, nothing has killed more human beings than the viruses, bacteria, and parasites that cause disease. Not national disasters like earthquakes and volcanoes, not war. Nothing has even come close to pandemics and disease throughout history in killing people. Not the flood, nothing like that. Pandemics and disease. Jesus said you're going to see pestilences or pandemics in the end time. Knowable Magazine stated this. In... 1889 to 1990, there was the Russian flu that killed a million people. In 1918 to 1920, there was the Spanish flu, H1N1. And this was a severe influenza A pandemic, killed an estimated 50 million people worldwide, including um, unusually uh, many that were aged 20 to 40 right in there. Now you understand that this killed 50 million people, there were only just over 50 million people killed in World War II. 1957 to 58, there was the Asian flu, H2N2. And this influenza A virus emerged in East Asia. And it had an estimated death, death toll of 1.1 million globally, about 116,000 in the United States. In 1961 to present, the seventh cholera pandemic caused by the bacterium uh, Vibrio cholera. This disease had triggered seven pandemics since 1817. The seventh, which began in uh, Indonesia, reached Africa in the 1970s and then the Americas in the 90s and is still with us today. Each year it sickens uh, 1.3 million to 4 million and kills 21,000 to 143,000 people uh, in different years. It, it changes, but it's still with us. 1968 to 1970, you had the Hong Kong flu. A lot of them seem to come from that part of the world. Wonder why that is. <laughs> You've questioned it, I know. H3N2 killed about a million people worldwide, about 100,000 people in the United States. I'm talking about 100,000 people, folks, in the United States alone. 1981 to present, AIDS, HIV, killed about 30 million people worldwide. More people, that, that'd be what? Um, almost four times the amount of people killed in World War I. AIDS has killed 30 million people. Then in 2003, there was SARS. 2012, there, to present, there's um, MERS, M-E-R-S. 2009 to 2010, swine flu. Uh, a, a version of the H1N1 flu killed as many as um, over half, uh, 575,000 people worldwide in the first year. 2014 to 2016, Ebola. 2015 to 2016, Zika. And now 2019 to 2020, COVID-19. And they say there are more coming. Jesus said, just prior to my second coming, you're going to see pestilence or pandemics. Also, earthquakes, he said. Earthquakes in diverse places. The headlines are filled with earthquakes today, I woke up to read the New, the, the New, York, uh, the New York Post and the, uh, many of the New York uh, magazines and 
uh, the Jerusalem Post, all the Israel news sources, there was a there was an earthquake uh, that rumbled through western New York early this morning, uh, and it was alarming people in that region that was accustomed to such shaking, but apparently caused no significant damage. But the U.S. Geological Survey primarily reported a 3.8 earthquake centered east of Buffalo in the suburb of West Seneca about 6.15 a.m. this morning, and they claim that it's the region's strongest earthquake in at least 40 years. Then most of you have probably heard about the one that happened in uh, Syria, right there between Syria and Turkey. The death toll has now surpassed 2,700 as of the time I came on the radio, but it's still rising. It was a powerful pre-dawn earthquake, and there was a series of strong aftershocks that collapsed thousands of buildings along the Turkish-Syria border. The U.S. Geological Survey said that the magnitude of the, it was a 7.8 earthquake. It struck at uh, 4.17 local time there. And then it had scores of aftershocks. And hours later, there was a 7.5 magnitude earthquake that struck more than 60 miles from that one. So you say, well, Dave, I know that there have been uh, earthquakes for years and things have happened like that. I, I totally agree with you. There have been earthquakes throughout time. But Jesus said, you'll be seeing wars and rumors of wars. You'll be seeing pandemics, you'll be seeing famines, you'll be seeing earthquakes, and these things will be foreshadowing, they will foreshadow my second coming. And then when you tie this all in with all the other prophecy that's happening and converging at the same time, folks, we're right there. We're not looking for the end time to begin. It's, we're way off into the end time. Then in Matthew 24, verse 9, Jesus said, Then they will deliver you up, to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. So when I looked at some of these headlines, again, I go through, I don't know how many articles per day. The Christian, um, the Christian headlines, they published an article. Christian persecution is at an all-time high. Open door, which tracks all of this stuff, that they are reporting. And... They say that Christians around the world are facing the worst levels of persecution for their faith since the persecution watchdog Open Door began recording these acts in nearly 30 years ago. Open Door, their new 2023 world watch list, they put this out every year, they released it this week and it showed that in 50 countries around the globe, Christians are facing record levels of persecution for their beliefs. Now. Jesus talked about this prior to the great tribulation that he talks about in uh, Matthew 24 when he says immediately uh, when he talks about when you see the abomination of desolation occur, let them which be in Judea flee. Then in verse 21 he says, and then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. He's talking about the greatest time of persecution the world's ever known. Well, we're already seeing that in many ways right now but it's probably going to get worse. So according to Open Door, this report, more than 360 million Christians globally have reported at least high levels of discrimination and persecution in 2022. Fox News reported that persecution of Christians skyrockets worldwide as 360 million are oppressed and that we must stand for religious freedom. 
The number of Christians, according to the article, a number of Christians killed for their faith has spiked by 80% in the last five years. Now, you say, well, I haven't heard about none of that. It's not happening here in America. No, I understand that. But there's a, there, there is a very big world out there, folks, where a lot of bad things are happening. Thank God for the United States of America. I don't care who the president is. We still live, in my opinion, the greatest nation on the face of the earth. I still have, I talked to the audience um, at the Prophecy Conference on Sunday. I said, you do realize I can stand up and worship my uh, worship Jesus Christ this morning with my hands raised and not worried about a policeman coming in and carting me off to jail. There are places in the world, many places, where that is a very likely possibility. The article goes on to say, today more than 80% of the world's population lives in countries where religious freedom is highly or severely restricted. Millions of people are, uh, face repression, uh, violence, discrimination. It's a part of their daily life. Governments and hostile regimes prevent individuals from living in accordance with their faith. And at the latest um, World Watch list, Christians are no exceptions. The number of Christians who have been killed for their faith has also risen by 80% in the, in, again in the last five years. Many of these are happening in, in Nigeria and down in African nations, but it's also happening in China where they're going in and uh, taking down crosses and pictures of Jesus and they're putting up pictures of Xi Jinping, the president of China, and the late leader Mao Zedong, who killed millions of Chinese. So, what Jesus prophesied about, Matthew 24, we're living through all of that. And we certainly want to make sure we understand. You say, well, what's all this all really all about? We're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We've got to get ourselves ready. Don't want to be part of a world religious system. I'm going to stick by the Bible. I'm going to be born again. I'm going to get saved. I'm going to get everybody that I can to be saved. We're going to build the kingdom of God, and we're going to be prepared when the Lord comes back at that second coming and blows that trumpet. That's the goal.